Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. here then talking about the final episode of the bad batch i remember once when we were talking about it and we were like 16 episodes to go we've got 16 weeks of this (laughs) look far forward here we are (laughs) how time flies how time flies 16 weeks has gone the return to camino to camino lost Mm -hmm. two things i want to say off the bat with this episode One, I love that it's a straight continuation from the previous episode, literally to the second. Two, bold. I reckon it's very bold in the the setting of this episode in the sense that, well, I know we're getting a season two. So you you obviously, there is a a lot of stuff that happens in this this last episode. But at the same time, it's, it's almost like you feel... You were gearing up, in a sense, to this maybe showdown with the Empire in some way, shape or form. But then at the end, it was more just a survival. And and I I thought it was just, in this one setting, we're in Camino, the Empire have blown up Camino, whilst the Bad Batch were all in there. And Crosshair's obviously in there with them as well, because they took him because he was unconscious. Um, So... It's the whole gang, and it's a bold choice to set it all in one particular place. But then when you watch it, like we've said before, animation in this episode is just brilliant. But the writing is brilliant, and that's what holds it all together in the sense that we sit in this one particular setting, and it's just gripping. I I found this the most gripping episode of of the lot. Yeah, I was, uh, like you, kind of surprised by how... um tense it was i suppose you know and yeah. it's, it's you know and and claustrophobic really the whole feeling of the episode i mean yeah you we're still on camino and but not the kind of big kind of camino uh bases that kind of live above water instead we're you know plunged into one you know under the water and you know dark stormy you know clouds overhead and um yeah and uh, you know a lot of the episode I, you know it was quite dark but then um that just added to the whole kind of claustrophobia and, and tension of it um so for me it was kind of a surprise yeah like you where um i don't know i was expecting some sort of showdown with the empire and or like some sort of bigger battle but actually yeah true to that kind of great writing and obviously you know following on from the last episode and that was kind of i suppose a bit more bombastic in certain ways um and then this one was kind of it i found that this one tied up a lot of the kind of themes that we've been discussing over the kind of season of Bad Batch, where it's like, you know, look, especially, you know, um, when when you've got kind of crosshair against the Bad Batch and, you know, we've been talking about um, all sorts of things in relation to that, like how much impact does the chip have on, on the, you know, on the clones and how much autonomy do they have on themselves and their own personality? And of course, in the last episode, we found out that, you know, crosshair doesn't have the chip in. Um, but even then it's like how much of it is kind of his own personality is that who he is and 
and uh, you know and the clones overall like you know i mean we've seen kind of omega and she's a clone and she has a completely distinct personality and of course the bad batch do as well and, and crosshair so yeah i felt that this kind of episode tied up a lot of those themes and and kind of dove a little bit further into those relationships that the bad batch have with each other and also like omega kind of coming up against crosshair and you know her sort of morally good side and always kind of going to the moral good thing and and him this sort of ruthless soldier who's just you know soldiers follow orders always and you know and everything with him um is sort of a zero-sum game really even like to the point where you know i mean omega saves him and then you know he's kind of the clearly like feeling awkward about it and then until he gets even then he's like now we're even you know so yeah i thought this it was an interesting episode you know from the, the all the characters that we've been following really you know that perspective yeah i mean i mean firstly it are it answers this big question as to like where had the clones gone during the because we don't really there's no almost link to them at all in the um, the kind of the Luke Skywalker years, should we say more so the Luke Skywalker older years, should yeah, we absolutely. say? Um, so, but this is one of these things that I've the animated series from the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch, and I think it hems with Dave Filoni and his ethos going through the other writers that appear on the show. It's filling in these gaps, not for the sake of filling them in, but like justifyingly filling them in with great contents yeah. uh, like context and uh, and great contents of how they do it mm-hmm. but it's almost like you can tick a lot of boxes if you wanted to because they're going into an era that has been unexplored on the big screen so they can they can really fill in and go well we're going to tell this story today which figures out how that character got there or we're going to reveal this story on how the empire did this or so so you could I've effectively pick and choose quite a few different things which are unanswered questions but what I feel the Bad Batch does well and I, I feel this stems on from the Clone Wars as well is they don't just tell these stories for the sake of it they very much give these stories the sense of worth that they should be given and they tell them in a way that really does make it it's not like somebody's just said well here's here's an answer on the surface but we're not really going to, we don't need to go any further into it. So then people will pick it apart a million ways. They were like, if we're going to tell this story and we're going to tell the reason as to why the clones weren't where they were, where they were in the um, Clone Wars years, and then they completely disappeared the Empire, we're going to tell it to a point that it makes sense. And it gives you, and it like puts you in the story where you really care about the ending, the during, uh, the beginning, during, and ending of this particular story. So that's something, and it it helms down to something we've said so many different times. It very much feels like Dave Filoni really has the right head on when it comes to tell, fleshing out these stories that they really mean something and they're worth telling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's you're you're absolutely right there in terms of like, I mean, filling out that context. Um, I mean, as we've been saying over the like the whole series, I mean, Bad Batch has been so good at that, and that is down to you know Mr. Filoni's just beautiful imagination that seems to be so closely plugged into George Lucas's original vision. And actually, you know, even the way this episode ends, you know, um, I mean, 
the Empire has, you know, the, the Camino scientist Nala Say, who is the one who essentially pioneered the clone technology. And, you know, and they say at the end of the episode that they have kind of big plans for her and they take her to this, uh, you know, this Sith base. Um, somewhere. I mean, from the research I've done, apparently it is Mount Tantis uh, on Wayland, apparently, which is apparently like this kind of Sith base of like artifacts and where Palpatine keeps his sort of research and things from around the galaxy, like a sort of secret base. And as you said, like, you know, they're filling in context. And I'm wondering how much this Nala Se character will, like how much context they'll fill in for the Empire going forwards. Because we, I mean, you know, in the original trilogy, we don't really have much of any kind of clone activity, really. Um, but then, of course, in um, the new trilogy, you know, we have Snoke uh, and... And also we have Palpatine as well. Um, yep. So and I'm wondering... Obviously that setting um, on Exegol in The Rise of Skywalker um, it very much seems like a facility of some sort which has been working on. And then, of course, you were probably going to say this, but we get reference to it again in The Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, what I'm wondering is that whether, you know, Disney are going to kind of use Bad Batch as a way to justify all those uh, decisions which, like, fans were kind of originally confused by and they somewhat kind of came out of, um, not nowhere, but, like, you know, from a distant past. And, you know, they just had there were themes that hadn't really been brought in um, for a long time. So I'm wondering whether, you know, they will put enough faith in Bad Batch to really start kind of fleshing out all of that stuff because, yeah, I mean, you know... There is so much clearly that we don't know in terms of like the you know the empire's kind of operations and you know how far they did come span and what sort of technology they had and so I mean you know if if they're able to do that and pull that off I mean that will be like very bold and quite bombastic of the series to do that so I'm you know I'm I'm kind of interested to see if uh, yeah how far they'll kind of take that um, context building really because. You know, I mean, Filoni is the right man to do it, and the, and you know, in terms of his whole overarching vision, he he he's so consistent with that. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see how how kind of, I suppose, important Bad Batch will be as a series in the whole kind of Star Wars canon. You know, to fill out that context because they've done it so great. You know, I mean, for as you know, as I said, like you know, the, the themes of this series have covered off so much of the questions that Star Wars fans already had about clones and when they start getting real troopers in and um so yeah like will they continue to start you know like answering all those other questions which fans were always like oh i wonder about this oh well check out bad batch you know season two episode 14 they answer that you know what you know will we be those fans who are just going to be pointing everyone to the bad batch and telling them to watch it <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like don't not do it i say yeah. I mean, absolutely they've been so well that They've done it so. Bad Batch has followed a, an arc, a complete arc from like the beginning to the end. You go back and watch it, and when you watch the Clone Wars, it does jump. It jumps uh, sometimes. You get a good arc of loads of stories, but sometimes you jump in time to different periods during one season. Sometimes it's not like a continuous flow from episode one to the end of each season. Um, so it's a, it's a bit sometimes hit and miss and there's standout episodes and then there are other episodes that are filler episodes and, and so forth. But the Bad Batch is very much, whilst it has its filler episodes to obviously build the universe and build particular characters, it has the arc at the same time, which you're kind of following majority of the time, these same characters through 
all the trials and tribulations that they're going through together and you're getting a story from beginning middle to end and then you're getting possibilities of what it could be but now it's becoming more and more successful in terms of the use of a platform disney plus you're getting more people watch it you probably got a lot of people purchase disney plus to watch the mandalorian probably after the initial success of the first season and then people coming back so you're you're kind of and now with the fact that they've got star involved so you've got the adult content you're getting more people go to that streaming service who are thinking this isn't definitely a streaming service just for kids no this is a streaming service for everyone so your bad batch shows are now going to have an audience going over more so into the mainstream probably a bigger audience than your clone wars animated series ever had yeah. so take the opportunity if if there's there's going to be questions and there always are and there was a lot of questions around the sequel trilogy um for you know valid reasons sometimes when it came to the storytelling so there's no harm in filling in all those gaps and giving it depth and especially giving it depth in a way you can with a series where you know you've got so many episodes to do so that you can you can go deep in and fill in with like you can spend time with small characters just so it filters and fills up this particular part of the story so overall it makes more sense i mean i hope they're going to do it well when we get to the obi-wan um, live action because that also sits in this time they might do it in the mandalorian they might do it in book of boba which is that's like a, a different time period again but it's jumping forward but it can all interlink i mean they're covering a lot of the time now aren't they we're sitting at the end of revenge of the sith and then we're sitting at the mandalorian which is five six years or so after the revenge of the sith um so uh, there's definitely yeah isn't there for this to be filled in and the right stories to be expanded on yeah absolutely and i mean you know looking at um disney's kind of trajectory for you know uh, the other massive franchise that they have marvel um and the way that they're also like laying out the um one of the other massive franchises i should say uh, but the way they're laying out the story there as well and using you know disney plus as a platform and series as a format to really uh, develop characters, highlight context, create context for like films going forward. So, I mean, we saw it on Loki that Loki is essentially going to, I mean, we believe, you know, inform phase four uh, of Marvel. Of course, it's going to at least tie in with the Doctor Strange 2, you know. Um, so, and, you know, uh, WandaVision, I mean, you know, Scarlet Witch, etc. you know, so that's all tying in. So, I mean, why can't they do that with Star Wars 2? And as you said, there's so many kind of various series at different points across the timeline that they can tie it up, you know, um, just with, you know, I mean, to make sure Filoni's on it is all I can say is, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's really the man to, I think, you know, I mean, and of course, you know, we, we had seen on the, um, the making of the Mandalorian, how close him and Favreau are as well. So, you know, they're both, you know, very, I mean, you know, visionaries in terms of like, the, you know, kind of filmmaking. So, it would be great to see them to kind of tie in all these themes and actually like to, I suppose really, you know, to kind of expand Star Wars, especially on the screen, kind of not just, you know, like not just around the kind of Skywalker saga, but just to like really tie it all together, you know, that the animated series have their place that, you know, like that any fan can really take, you know, can watch any of these series or films and get something from it. You know, that it's like kind of part of this like giant picture really. Um, 
and you know, as I said, like you know, with the, with the the sequel trilogy, I mean, it, you know, this is an opportunity I think for Disney to really um, make sense of like some of the decisions they made. You know, some of those kind of uh, character decisions and plot lines and ideas and scenarios and and places even. I mean, you know, for example, like Exegol, like we had never heard of that until you know episode nine, really. But you know, are the series kind of kind of build that out you know as, as a kind of place and scenario and and actually you know kind of give it like much more context that you know that we want really you know as fans so yeah i mean you know it's it's kind of a, a i mean you know with something like bad batch i mean i i was i was a little bit um unsure kind of getting into it but you know by the end of this like first season i mean you know I, i've become a real fan of this you know animated star wars and i really like see it as standing on you know, not only its own two legs, but like within the, the greater canon. And I, I, even I'm surprised because I had a colleague recently who <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, actually, I, I've, I've come across Bad Batch and not many people watching. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm watching it. And I'm doing a podcast on it. And it, I was surprised that even he as like he prefers it over the Mandalorian, you know, in terms yeah. of um, storytelling and character arc and, and context as well. So. And, you know, so it's, it's interesting to see that actually, like, you know, lots of people are really enjoying it and getting on board with it. And, yeah, so it has lots of promise kind of for going forwards. And, yeah, I mean, you know, with this, where, where this episode leaves us, I mean, there's, again, like, you know, thankfully none of the Batch die, really, um, or Omega, you know, because those were things I definitely feared. Um, and, and AZ, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, what an emotional, like, moment when AZ kind of sacrifices himself to save Omega and then, is floating down to the bottom of the of the Camino Ocean, and then you know, um, Crosshair comes out. You know, the anti-hero becomes the hero. I mean, there's so many things, and and you know, I, I mean, that whole group dynamic as well. It's just one great storyline, which I'm I'm eager to see. I mean, first of all, I mean, how the hell is Crosshair going to get off Camino now? Because I, I I swear their ship was like the last one to leave. So <laughs> it feels like Crosshair's kind of left on that platform. They're like. Maybe you should have taken that ride across it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're really thinking. <laughs> Maybe it's like he just sees them flying off and he's like, I didn't think this through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, wanted a, I wanted a cool exit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, stuck on the only platform existing in the middle of this ocean world. <laughs> yeah. or, or maybe he's like got a mobile phone or something and he's like, oh, it's all right. I've got a mobile phone. And it's like, oh, but it's out of battery. Or like, oh, it's broken. <laughs> Uh, but he really he really didn't uh follow that one particularly through did he um it's quite interesting because um i feel i feel we might be in a place after we've seen like i mean if star wars visions is anything compared to what the trailer showed which is just looks unbelievable probably looks like the best star wars content i've ever seen a trailer for um at the end of that season i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get artists telling me stuff live action man i'm just all about the animated star wars that's given me what the that's giving me the star wars i need in my life absolutely i mean god like it's just and also it's like there's so much of it and and you know as we've lauded over the mandalorian and now bad batch and of course the last season of clone wars which was you know bloody epic i mean yeah just the writing is so good that like how can you how can you not love it really i mean it's quite interesting because it goes from a point where you know going into this year it's like oh we've we finished watching the mandalorian it's like i can't wait to the next season a year to go or so but star wars content 
I mean, it gave. They literally sat back and went, "Do you know what? What we we'll do is we'll let Marvel have the first part of the year. We, you know, we're not going to crash their party. Let's let them have what they need to have, and you know, we'll come on later. And they come on with the Bad Batch, and then we're going to get Visions, and then we're going to get the Book of Boba. Like it's it's literally been like six months near enough solid of Star Wars content, and so different Star Wars content that I just as. As a fan, or even if you're on the fringe, as somebody is interested, it's like the best time to be because you think so many options. So many options. Before this, you've had like you had the Clone Wars animated series, yes, that did run for a number of years, but it wasn't in the mainstream enough that everybody was going to the Clone Wars series. It was just if you're a Star Wars fan, you probably watched it. Um, if some fringe fans probably watched it, but a lot of people it would have skipped by. It obviously had a core audience, and that's a big enough one to continue it going for how long it did. But in the sense that there's so the gaps usually between the films. The original Chile trilogy finishes in the 80s. The prequels don't start till the late 90s. And the sequels don't start. 2015 was the first one. So that was like nearly two decades again between um, the films. So it's not exactly like Star Wars has always been filling up the world with content. And now we're in a place where we've had the two seasons of Mandalorian already. And now we've got the Bad Batch and like the last season of the Clone Wars happened. And we've got Visions and we've got the Book of Boba. It's like there's more content, Star Wars content that's come out in the last couple of years than has come out ever before. Like Absolutely. in the history of it all. <laughs> When's the Obi-Wan um, series coming out as well? Do you know? So I believe the Obi-Wan series, which is filming now, um, is coming out next year. I would, wouldn't be surprised if it's a series which... It comes probably after the Mandalorian or before or something like that because you've got Book of Boba Mandalorian was delayed to the beginning of filming because of Covid uh, Book of Boba was filming I believe I, I don't know I don't know when that started or finished but that's all filmed that's coming out in December uh, Mandalorian I believe has started production so I would presume turnaround for that will probably be mid next year maybe or something like that um you've got the andor series which is completed of course Uh, yeah so that the andor series the obi-wan series mandalorian season three book of boba they're your live actions which are all i reckon going to be coming to screen in the next 12 to possibly 18 months oh what a line oh jeez And like coming off this as well, like the back of this, it's just like, wow, so much great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be so interesting. I think they've laid it out very well in like, let's give Star Wars animation the time it needs. So you've got the Bad Batch and then we get Visions. And then it'll be just when you think you're like, um, Oh, you know, that's I'm 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 kind of done for the rest of the year. They're like, but you know, just chew on yeah. Book of Boba. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, assume, I I mean I don't know, but I, something makes me think it'll probably be shorter than The Mandalorian in terms of episodes. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be more of a uh, kind of fun side series rather than like a very dedicatedly kind of you know main series. I think it's going to be much more you know action fun. You know. I feel we might see the Mandalorian in it. And I feel it's because the good thing about it is it's almost like the Mandalorian series because it's running alongside it at the exact same time. 
Yeah. Um, exactly. So. I mean, yeah, it'll be, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of yeah, do with that, definitely. Seven episodes. Seven. Okay, interesting. Episodes. So that's where it sits at the moment. And in terms of, oh, look at that. Old uh, Tamura Morrison also voices himself again as Boba Fett in Star Wars Visions. That guy's oh, just re-come alive, hasn't it? Um, whereas in The Mandalorian was sitting at, oh, so it's pretty close. That was eight episodes first and second season and it just says 2022 for season three so it doesn't really give indi- that too much indication um as to when that's coming along yeah yeah um absolutely everything you need to know well right I mean, <laughs> I have, yeah well i have to say you know like i mean coming back to you know the series at hand i mean bad batch what a pleasure it has been ben like i mean as I said, I, w- I was dubious at first, but God, I was proved wrong. And, you know, I'm so glad I was. I mean, it has been a real fun ride <laughs> over these past 16 episodes. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, I- I'm very impressed with this. And I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch season two because I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, e- everything that happens and all the, 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 you know, the context we get. But, yeah, I've just really come to enjoy, like, you know, I mean, as we've said so many times, there's so much good stuff to take away from this series, you know. The writing has been awesome, um, really in-depth, really character-building, really interesting, context-building everything. The animation, I mean, we we did comment that there were a couple of episodes which were a little bit, uh, perhaps not as good early on, I think around, like, episode three and four, but, you know, since then, I mean, the animation... But, I mean, episodes one and two, I, I don't remember anything, you know, I, th- I remember those being, I mean, I, the first episode was, uh, like, 50 minutes long, and, you know, we didn't comment anything negative about, like, that animation, so, but, you know, since kind of, you know, yeah, episodes three and four, I mean, really, I mean, the animation really just took off and became a really beautiful piece of, kind of, artwork um, throughout, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's just been it's just been great, hasn't it? <laughs> it's just been absolutely great. And I very much cannot wait for season two because it's just going to be, it's just going to be great. And just to give you an update, the actor, Mr. Um, what's his name? Carl Weathers, the legendary man that oh. is Carl Weathers, has said recently, as of yesterday, that they are due to start principal photography within the next month. So Mandalorian is... That's what happened. I now read the full story. Firstly, the filming for season three of Mandalorian was postponed when COVID first hit. Then when COVID came back, due to everyone's schedules, they started Book of Boba instead. Pedro Pascal then went to film The Last of Us. Oh, of course, yes, yeah, yeah. Obviously, everyone's got schedules, haven't they? So then, so they flipped them around. So the same crew that did Book of Boba is also doing The Mandalorian. So they wrap on that pre-production has already started on Mandalorian season three, but principal photography starts within the next four weeks. So there we go. You know, it's probably not an exclusive, but we're going to act. <laughs> it's there's the exclusive. That's when the Mandalorian starts filming everyone in the next four weeks. Whoop, 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 whoop.
Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the Force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.